Welcome to the Rocky Messages Podcast. Rocky is a community of believers that want to know Jesus and love like him. If there's something today you'd like to hear more about, make sure to listen to our weekly podcast called Rocky Unscripted. This is where we take Sunday topics and go even further with conversation, research, and study. But for now, let's take a listen to this week's message. Hey Rocky, Matt and I are super excited to be here with you today and we just flew 9,000 miles over 24 hours. Yep. It was a long trip for yep. sure. Yep. With 20 people on our team to come here to Nairobi and uh, be able to share with you, but also be able to meet with our partners at Mohi, Missions of Hope International, which we've been partnered with them for about 15 years. Yep. And they're right in the middle of the Mathari Valley. And if you look back over this, you can see um, some of the area, the slums that they work in. And there are, in this area alone, there's 1 million people that live in the slums. Now, in Nairobi, there's about 4.5 million people that live here. But in Nairobi, there is the population, over 50% of the population actually lives in the slums. Yeah. And so this place is doing an incredible work. We're standing on top of our school that we helped build. Matt will tell you a little bit about that. That houses a ton of kids and is bringing a ton of light to this place. And yeah. so you've been here how many times? This is my sixth year. So why don't you just share with our people just a little bit of, of the story, vision, all of that. Yeah, so uh, Missions of Hope International, they actually celebrated their 20 year anniversary last year. Wow. Started by a lady named Mary Kamau, who we actually got to hang out with this morning. Yep. An incredible uh, lady uh, who grew up in Kenya and um, was at a, a university nearby. Got invited by a friend to come and, and to see where, where he lived and he lived in the slums. And she showed up as a, as a Christian, really a, a new believer and began to see the need and the poverty and began asking the question, why isn't anybody helping? And uh, so God gave her a passion and a vision. Uh, she was on a course, uh, a different course of life. And uh, all of a sudden God got a hold of her heart. And so she actually started a school here in the slums uh, with 50 kids and uh, rented out uh, two classrooms, which is pretty much about the size of probably a quarter of the classroom that your kid goes to. I mean, they yeah, showed us this crazy. space. It's incredibly yeah. small. Started with 50 kids 20 years ago. And here we are 20 years later, they now have over 22,000 kids uh, in their schools and not just uh, in the slums here in Mathari Valley, but now they are launching schools literally all over Kenya um, and it's really incredible to see. And they're doing a whole lot of other things as well, but education is such a big deal, uh, as well as every kid that goes to one of their schools, they're feeding two meals a day. So yeah. just an incredible ministry. And so we, were, we got to hear the, the story again a couple of days ago, but then they shared their vision uh, over the next like 10 crazy years. Vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they shared their vision. And when you hear about what they've done over the last 20 years, it's an incredible story. I mean, there's just miracle after miracle, God bringing the right person at the right time. But they've got a vision that over the next 10 years, they're going to grow to 100,000 kids in schools. Yeah. They're gonna launch 100 schools and 100 more churches. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, when I was sitting there listening to it, um, and we've chatted about this, my first thought was, how are you gonna do that? <laughs> yeah. How are you gonna do that? I mean, I just start calculating the numbers a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, the first 20 years, it took you 20 years to get to 22,000 and now, in the next 10 years, you want to get to 100,000. And we were chatting the other night about just trying to, you know, the structure of it. Yeah. How, how, how much money does that take? Resources, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and we're going to answer the question because I think we've got the answer now. Yeah. Um, because we just kept hearing it in every conversation we were having. 
every, every, every person you're around, when the person who was leading that training, when you talk to Mary, there's one thing that keeps popping yeah. up. And actually, it popped up in the church service that we had just a couple of days ago. In fact, Sean preached at the church that's connected to the school here in Medoya. Like just, two blocks. You yeah, yeah, it's right just like there, 200 yards uh, yeah. behind us. Did a great job, by the way. Thanks, man. Preach fun. with an interpreter. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's it was your first time, yeah. but you did a great job. Uh, and during the service, the pastor, he said something. And in fact, he was saying it because he wanted people to come to the Bible study this week. Yeah. And he threw out this thing and he got a chuckle uh, from, from our group. And uh, I'll, I'll let you share what he said. Well, that was awesome. So Henry was our interpreter and he was up there sharing a little bit before I got up. And he made this line and, and it was a great line. Like every person in our group pulled out their notebook or their phones, they were writing this thing down. He made a statement, he said, a Christian who doesn't pray is an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. Which I thought was <laughs> such a good line, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, so he threw that and we're all thinking that was really good, but, but he talked about prayer. Yeah. And I thought it was a great line, but I thought it was also something that we're seeing at this place. It's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's constantly. the answer. I mean, every time we get around somebody, it's, it's the idea of prayer. Yeah. And, and you think about it, when you don't have the resources that we have, yep. um, I mean, your first step isn't to get into the structure of it yeah. and the organization of it. Your first step is we should pray. Yeah. And you see that over and over again. Now, you added onto it in your message, yeah. which got a chuckle, not just from our group, but the whole church and even the pastors. And especially Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but it was kind of a little bit of a God moment because what he said, I, I, it resonated with me. A Christian who doesn't pray is an accident waiting to happen. So I get up and I'm sharing my message and we're going through <laughs> Romans 8, 13 that talks about all who call, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and then we went to Romans 8, 14 that, man, there are a million people in this valley. And, and if, how are they gonna hear unless we tell them. And so we started talking about that, but man, that's such a huge vision of not just Mohi's vision, yeah. but also reaching this amount of people. And the line just came just that, hey, a Christian who doesn't pray is an accident waiting to happen, but a Christian who does pray is a miracle waiting to happen. And in that moment, it was funny, <laughs> Henry goes to interpret and he stops and he goes, oh, yeah. pastor, I like that one. I'm gonna steal it that one. It caught him off guard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I just stole yours too, because it, it, I, think, I think that's something we need to remember. You're so right that every, we as Americans, we plan instead of pray yeah. half the time. Yeah. We're like, we have resources, we can figure this out and how are we gonna do this? And these people here, not just even, how are you gonna accomplish your mission in the future, but it's almost like, how did God accomplish this in the past till now? And every single person we talk to is constantly saying, hey, here's what our need is, yeah. here's what our, our vision is, and hey, would you remember that and would you please be praying? Yeah, we were chatting the other night and you're gonna read from Mark chapter nine. Um, I think sometimes we, we forget yeah. or we don't realize that when we pray, who are we praying to? Mm. Yeah. And you can, you can tell when you're around some of the folks around here at Mohi and, and even some of the pastors at the church, um, when they're praying, they're praying. I mean, I've, I've said the phrase before, you pray until you pray. Yeah. Those guys, they're praying because in, in some cases, that's all they have. They, yeah. they don't have the resources. They may not have the manpower, but they believe that who they're praying to can do and will do yep. things to continue to move uh, the kingdom forward. And I, I think sometimes when they pray in their minds, they're probably praying to a much bigger God in their minds than we are. Yeah. I think there are times where reasons we don't pray, we don't always pray because we don't know if it's actually gonna happen. Is yeah. it actually gonna come through? But these people here for this vision to have happened, 
man, it had to be bigger than them. Yeah. And so they have prayed and they have seen, they've prayed so much. They've seen so many miracles happen that all they can do now is pray. Right. And it's interesting to me in a place we're coming from a place of resources. They're not asking us for that. They're asking us for what? Yeah. Prayer, which, which what stood out to me in that service. So pastor Sylvester was up there and we said, Hey, we're, we've been partnered with them for eight years. And, um, and you said, hey, we're gonna be a church, you know, Rocky Mountain Christian Church, we're gonna be praying for you guys. And at the end of the service, he, he ended the service by saying, um, hey, um, you know, Rocky Mountain Christian Church, you, you said you're gonna be praying for us. And what I thought he was gonna say next is, <laughs> we're gonna be a church that's praying for, for you. you yeah. It's not what he said. No. He said, you said you're gonna be a church that's praying for us. And he doubled down and he said, and I know you're gonna be a church that's praying for us. And he stared us down. And he stared us what down. He did. Yeah. And I just, I was sitting there going, he really believes that, and this was challenging for me. He yeah. really believes that the prayers of our church make a difference yep. for what he's doing here. Yeah. So much so, he just wanted to double down and say, just make sure yeah. you are. Yeah. Just make sure you will. Like, I'm trusting you will. And it just stood out to me because I wasn't expecting that because just how we talk, you know, I pray for you, you pray for me. But he was like, I just want to make sure you are going to pray for me. Yeah. Here in in Nairobi, when you say you're going to pray for somebody, there's an expectation that you will. Yeah. When you say you're going to do something, your yes is your yes and your no is your no. Yeah. And a lot of times we flippantly say things in America. And even the missionaries said that to us. When you say something here, just know. It carries weight. They believe it. And maybe is yes. Yeah. 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 Maybe is yes. That's maybe right. is yeah. yes. Yeah. And I love that idea that what they're looking for is partnership in prayer. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a lot of miracles that could be accomplished in our lives if we would believe like this group does. Yeah. It's interesting, Matt and I were looking at a passage of scripture. There's um, a scripture in Mark chapter nine where there's just a story where you see a person come to kind of come to that understanding of of the importance of faith and what faith can do. And so Mark nine, Jesus is, is coming back from doing something else with three of his, his main disciples. And he walks in and his other disciples are having this argument with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the crowd. And what happened was a dad brought his son. Yeah. And the son was possessed by a demon. And he asked the disciples to cast out the demon because he had seen Jesus do some amazing things. But the problem was his disciples tried and they couldn't do it. And the demon is almost like in the passage, you see them, him mocking the disciples. And then the people are like, wow, if the disciples don't have this power, um, does Jesus actually have this power? Jesus walks into the situation, asks what happens. And, and, and the disciples tell him that we tried, but we couldn't. Mm. And so Jesus says, show me the father. And so in verse 21, it says that Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? It says that the, the, um, that the, the demon would actually uh, just hurt the boy and throw him into fires and other things. Just the, the father said from childhood, he answered, it is often thrown him into fire or, or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, let me say that again. He said, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And I love Jesus' response. Jesus, I can just see him staring them down, just like that pastor stared us yeah, down, yeah. right? And he says, if you can, everything is possible for him mm-hmm. who believes. Immediately the, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And I, I think there was something that resonated with us about this passage because the, the father said, if you can do anything. Mm. And here, I think there's a little bit of a different perspective. It's not an if you can do something, it's how is God going to yeah. do something? Yeah. And I think there would, be, there would be so much that would change in our lives 
if we would change our perspective and our question of if that's even possible. Yeah. God, if you can do anything. I think a lot of times we go to prayer and we go to problems in our life and we just wonder, man, God, can you take care of this? I'm telling you, the people here and Jesus, what he said to this father, he said, if you can do anything, everything is possible for him who believes. Later on in the passage, it comes back and in verse 28 and 29, it says that after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples came and asked privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And what was the answer? Prayer. Mm. He says this, and he says, he replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Mm. And I think there's a lot of things in our lives that God's saying, I've got the miracle waiting to happen. You just need to pray. And I think sometimes what prayer does actually is it aligns our eyes to see the miracles that are already happening. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, even with our leadership team at Rocky, we've, you know, you, you've started discussion of, you know, prayer. Yeah. You know, we, we start with prayer and the vision that God has called us to back home. And you know, th this place for me, um, if, if you've been a part of Rocky for a while, you know, I love Kenya. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I love Kenya is Kenya has been this place and, and Missions of Hope has been this place that has just, you know, in, in my journey as a follower of Jesus, these trips have done so much for me. Mm -hmm. and, and even encouraging and strengthening my faith when it comes to the idea of prayer. And we've had moments in our life. I mean, there's, you know, you have your daily prayers. There's things you're right. always praying for. But then, you know, like if you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, there's been these moments in your life where you would pray these, these kind of prayers. Like, I need God to do something. And I may not even know how he's going to do it. Um, and for me, uh, we're standing on an, an answer of prayer, this school. Because yeah. yeah. uh, seven years ago, I came to Kenya for the first time. And um, the Madoya School was the only school here in the slums that was still in rented facilities. Mm -hmm. And there was 500 kids in this school. And I mean, Sean, there was... Uh, no windows in the classrooms. I mean, it was dark. It was hard to breathe. And um, you, you just, I showed up going, this, this can't be it. Mm -hmm. Th this is not good enough. We, we've got to do something. And that year we had just purchased this property. And I remember uh, some, of the, uh, some of the teachers said, do you want to go see the property? And I said, yeah. And they walked us over and our whole team and we showed up and this property was just, uh, it was walled off, mm -hmm. huge, just, it was, you know, it was boarded off. There's a, a security guard down front and it was just rubble. And we, we walked up, you know, we're standing on the rubble. I can still see it, the whole team and we circle up. And I mean, we just, we just started praying. Mm -hmm. And I, I can even remember at that time, I mean, it was like, we still needed like $700,000. Yeah to yeah. build this school. I remember that. Yeah. And, and, and the reason why, you know, the school need to be built is because um, there was more kids in this community who, who needed to go to school, yeah. but we didn't have the space. And, and at that time we still didn't have the finances. And I remember standing on this property, just praying a prayer and weeping and going, God, do it. Mm do it and and use us like call us whatever like we've got to get this done yeah. and there wasn't a dry eye in that team and it's just like i'll never forget it. i remember the people who were there i remember seeing their faces and like we were just all in it together like this moment this is the most important thing mm. so god do it and i we were just chatting before we were about to record this i don't even know all the details how he did it but i know 18 months later uh we had the money mm -hmm. And we got to call up Mohi and say, we're ready to go. Yeah. 
And two years ago, I, I, I saw this building for the first time. And this is, we're on the seventh story. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the taller buildings in this community. And, and I get a little teary-eyed as we drive down and you can see this building. Yeah. And there's something in me that's like, heck yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it emboldens your faith. And, and I think sometimes, and we've already said it, sometimes um, we don't pray those prayers. One, because we're not forced to, because yeah. we have more than what we need where we live. And two, we were chatting about this the other day. We're scared that maybe God won't answer it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He won't do it. And I said the quote the other day, this is actually, this is a rapper who said this, <laughs> but it's hard to answer prayers when nobody's yeah. praying. That and is good, that is good. Even that's from a, a rapper. Yeah, even good. from a rapper. Yeah. And that's a good challenge yeah. for all of us. Um, maybe God would do a lot more yep. if we would be people of faith that would go, God, this is, this is what we need. You know, Matt, I think it's interesting. You walked two blocks, you said, yep. from right over here to right here. Yep. And you prayed. And now we see the school. When I pulled in yesterday, to be honest, I, I have not been here, right? And yeah. so last time I was here was in 2007. And, and so to be here standing on top of this, to pull into the slums and to see the devastation that is everywhere, but to see this building is like, it is a light in the middle of a really dark place. Yeah. And it's incredible. And I think some of you are sitting in those seats and you ought to have some pride and excitement because you've prayed for this place and you gave to this place. And you can't imagine what God is actually doing here. Mm. And you follow that story even back further. In 2007, our founding pastor, Alan Algram, came yeah. out with a couple other pastors and Mary walks him through the slums when there was just a couple hundred or a few right. hundred kids, right, right? right? Yeah. And they began to pray and they prayed the same kind of prayers and then went back and told all kinds of pastors. And there's now churches all across our country that are investing in other schools and other places. What do they have, 30 locations yeah. right now? Yeah. And so I, I just say this, man, a two block walk, a small walk through, through the slums with, with a few pastors and some prayer, man, leads to incredible miracles. Yeah. And I believe this is like just scratching the surface. Yeah. Like I am confident, you're confident, I know, that when they say 100,000 kids by 2030, it might be 2026, 2028. Yeah. I mean, it, God does incredible things through people who believe. Isn't there something inside of you that starts happening though, even when you're here? Like I've heard you say a couple of things even today, we're talking about the possibilities of this and you're like, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. And then there's something that just, it gets you going. Yeah. And, and again, I think it just has a lot to do with an organization that's serving in one of the poorest places in Kenya. Yeah. And you can see the power of prayer moving the mission forward. Yeah. And we were even talking about, um, you know, part of the vision, you've been chatting a lot of back home in Colorado, there's 600,000 people yeah. in Weld County and Boulder County. And, you know, we, we will throw in the caveat sometimes, that, you know, maybe we're not gonna be a church that reaches all those people. But then you spend a couple of days here and you go, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why, why don't we pray some really big prayers yeah. and see what God does? You know, pray until we pray. Yeah. And I don't know, there's something when you, when you travel around the world and you see what God is up to and you see the miracles. I mean, this building's a miracle. Those 22,000 kids are a miracle. Yeah. The potential of 100,000 kids in 10 years are miracles. You go, man, our God is a God. Yeah. Uh, who who does miracles. And they're dreaming big. One of the things that I thought was really neat that one of the 
um, workers at Mohi said, they said, we believe that someday out of the kids that graduate this school and go on to the university, because that's that's a dream that many of these kids have that, that they never get to see happen. Yeah. But Mohi's helping that happen. They said, we believe we're gonna have a president someday of Kenya. We yeah. believe we're gonna have this government official. We believe they're gonna have this that will come out of our schools. And man, how incredible would that be? <laughs> Which is crazy, but I believe it. Yeah. I believe it that it'll happen. Now it was interesting. We we were wrapping up the church service and one of the things that was great after the church service, we just got to connect with their people and laugh and talk and, and spend time with just for a few minutes. And and uh, we even talked about it in the service, just how different we are. Skin color is different. Yeah. Our customs are different. Our languages are different and that. But what what binds us together is our faith in Jesus. Man, when we said that from the front, man, they erupted yeah. in and applause but after one of the guys um, who was an elder in the church came up to me his name was James and we had just talked I had challenged them and said you know we have this vision of two counties 650,000 people and that vision's been inspired too by things like this yeah that if it's possible here it could be possible there and so I just challenged them of you you have a million people in the Mathari Valley and that church we were meeting with about 70 people and we said you know what the early church started mm. with only about 12 people only about 12 people, right? 12 disciples. And then it went to 120. And then it went to 3,000. Then it went to 5,000. And it just kept growing. And if it's possible then, it's possible now. And I challenge that church that it happens one person at a time. What could that church do to begin reaching the Thari Valley? And James comes up to me after, and he actually was the one that I didn't say that in the message. He said it after. He said, uh, hey, Jesus started with 12 people. And those 12 people prayed. And then we're sitting here today, a third of the world's population worshiping Jesus. Yeah. And so I, I think that whole thing of coming back, the thing has been so inspirational to me is these people don't ask if, they ask how. Yeah. And I think we would do well in our lives. You would do well in your life. The obstacles that you see, sometimes we're just looking for obstacles. I think we learned here, you need to look for opportunities and quit asking if it's possible and start just asking God, God, how's it gonna be possible? And when you put the opportunity in front of me, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. I love it. We've been, you know, we've been in church the last 18 months challenging, hey, who's our one? Yeah. And let's be praying for people yep. who, who have yet to discover who Jesus is and, uh, and enjoy the story of how, how, yeah. and, and when are they gonna come to the conclusion that, man, that God, there's a God who loves them. Yep. And those are the stories that get us excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say this, man. Um, we covet your prayers while we're here. Mm -hmm. And so keep praying. We've got a couple more days. And I, I just pray you keep praying for that. But let's keep praying for Mohi. Yeah. And then I challenge you. Who's your one that you're praying for? Yeah. Because we can do it one person at a time. 650,000. Man, you come here. I believe it's possible. Yeah. It is. And so yeah. church, let's go get it. Yeah. And I want to do this right now. I just want us just to pray for you. And I want us to pray for this place as a church right now and just ask that God will bless it. And then we look forward to coming back and telling a whole lot more stories yeah, right, yeah. about this place. Yeah. Let's pray. Yeah, God, we're excited. We know there's tons of people watching online today. There's people at the Niwak campus. There's people at the Frederick campus. And then and there's a whole lot of kids that are sitting here in this building right now. A whole lot of people from our church that are working with us. God, you're mm -hmm. doing some incredible things. Yeah. Father, I don't, I don't think we realize the potential the opportunity that is there, the resources that are available. Father, you provided every resource we need to do any vision you put in front of us. And so Father, this vision of 100,000 kids, 100 churches and 100 schools, Father, I pray that you will empower us, you will embolden us 
to be a big part of this vision. Father, I pray for the other churches out there. I pray for their generosity. I pray for their giving. And I pray for their belief in what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And so, God, we lift up the Mathari Valley to you right now. And we just ask uh, that your Holy Spirit would convict and lead and allow this place to be a shining light that reaches more than just kids, but reaches their entire family. I pray there'll be 100 kids, 100,000 kids, but that 100,000 would represent many, many, many more um, with those families that are coming to Christ. And then God, I pray for our church. Um, you've given us a place that may not look as dark with as much poverty around us, but Father, the spiritual poverty that exists where we live is the same. And so Father, the darkness is there and Father, help us to be a light. I pray that each person right now would think of their one, uh, who that name is and go after that person who will then again, when they're reached, go after someone else. 650,000 is possible, a million people is possible. God, anything is possible through, through you. So help us to start asking how. Get away from that word if and start asking how can this be possible. Father, thank you for Matt and his leadership here. And Father, I pray you'll just continue to work through us and work through Mary and Wallace and their teams in the years to come. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.